मॉर्निंग ब्रीफ फ्रॉम द इकोनॉमिक टाइम्स डाइनिंग आउट इन इंडिया इज एन इमोशन फॉर मिलियंस ऑफ अस आर फर्स्ट पे चेक द फैंसी डेट the anniversary celebrations and the reunions are all associated with stepping out to a restaurant this year has crippled the restaurant industry that employed millions forced hotel chain owners to either down their shutters or tie up with home delivery services to keep their kitchen fires burning restaurant owners are coming up with new ways to ensure our dining out memory is more than eating with a mask and sanitizer nearby From the Economic Times, I'm Devina Sengupta, and you are listening to the Morning Brief. In today's podcast, I've invited Zorawar Kalra, MD of Massive Restaurants, Samir Seth, founder and CEO at Hunger Inc., and Ratna Bhushan, who tracks the consumer and hospitality sector for the Economic Times. They will explain how the 4.25 lakh crore restaurant sector is restarting its orders amidst the pandemic. Thank you so much for today's podcast. Zorawar, tell me will the COVID vaccine be the key to getting customers back to the restaurants? Hi Devina, good to be here. The biggest deterrent to people going out is fear. The fear of the virus, the fear of the unknown, the fear for the health of their own as well as their loved ones. The fear of taking the disease back to home. So that's the biggest reason why people are not stepping out nowadays despite the opening up of the restaurants, bars and pubs. the fact that vaccines are around the corner uh, is definitely a positive positive move in quelling and and removing that fear because once the fear ends people will start going out the way they used to in december of 2019 when the only corona they knew was a beer sami do you agree with zorawar out there is it going to take that long for customers to venture into restaurants hey divina great to be here and i do agree with zorawar i think uh, fear is the single biggest deterrent right now that we are seeing uh while people have slowly started coming back it's still definitely nowhere near where it used to be and i think you'll see sort of behavioral changes also sort of affecting what we see eventually if you are in sort of corporate hubs such as us in bkc or lower parel and you see work from home continuing for a while it is going to affect the business model in the long run but i think the biggest thing that needs the, the vaccine is going to help with is a change of sentiment right ratna coming to you in your stories you have repeatedly mentioned how rents have become a major problem for a lot of the hotel and restaurant owners many have actually had to down their shutters because they couldn't pay the rents do you see any discussion with the landlords any changes in this yeah thank you devina so about 30% restaurants and bars in the country have permanently shut down since the pandemic outbreak now a lot of arrangements have happened on a one on one basis and not as a standard operating industry norm So while some malls and landlords have worked on arrangements with landlords such as waiving off rentals for the April June quarter entirely others have offered quarterly discounts ranging from 80% to 30% there have been landlords which have given rental concessions till March 2021 but in the absence of a standard industry procedure a lot of it is based on one on one relationships okay uh interesting uh zorawar and samir i must tell you that i went to a restaurant uh last month and it felt sentimental you know it was all warm emotions going to a restaurant ordering uh, it just felt so good but uh in the last two months we've had so many of the restaurants coming up with businesses like cloud kitchen specialty takeaways 
how have restaurants managed to work on these offshoots and how have they worked for the industry? Zoravar, if you could uh, say some things on this. Devina, firstly, very good to hear that you went, you became sentimental and nostalgic. That's what we shoot for. That's what we all in the industry aim for. You have to understand that everything in this world can go virtual, but restaurants, bars and pubs can never go virtual. They are an intrinsic part of the human um, uh, of the human psyche. They are part of our DNA. All of us are social at a DNA level. And that's why I uh, and all of us in the industry remain eternally optimistic about the future of the restaurants. Obviously, the crisis that has now um, you know, fallen upon us is existential in nature. So it's extremely huge. It is uh, probably the largest challenge that the industry has ever faced in its existence. And as such, like they say, necessity is the mother of invention. So what's happened over the past few months is that people have really looked at their business model. They've come up with new verticals, delivery obviously being one of them, but they've also retooled and refitted their own businesses. They are looking at the PNL in a much closer manner. I can tell you for a fact that I used to spend maybe two days or three days in a month looking at the numbers of, of our business. I now look at them on a daily basis. So all of us have basically uh, retooled and refitted ourselves. Our, our psyches have changed. Cost control has become a far bigger thing. Efficiency of, of the entire business has become a bigger thing. A lean operation has become a major talking point across the industry because we're facing a crisis of existence. And if we don't retool and rekit ourselves now, uh, it'll be the end of the road for a lot of us. So going back to your original point of you know the delivery business or various other verticals such as subscription-based services or, or you know offline-only cloud-based kitchens, I think all of that is going to gain more prominence. I think it was already gaining prominence before um, uh, before the pandemic hit. But in companies like ours, which basically focus on dining out or experiential dining, delivery was never a big part. It was maybe 10, 15%. But we now expect it to become 25, 30% of our overall business going forward. And yes, we are also looking at developing some very cool new concepts that are for delivery only. A lot of people will not expect a masala library to be able to deliver food. But if I can make uh, something similar, which is specially made with packaging and other things in mind for delivery, then I think consumers might enjoy that. Samira, are you like Zoravar also pouring through your PNL statements every day? I think there's no option but to do that, right? And I think uh, to what Ratna was saying in terms of whether it was negotiating with landlord uh, to make sure that you survive through this period based on whether it's relationships, whether it's the conversations with them, or sort of innovatively looking at what we can do in a time where given that what we do is making sure that we provide an amazing experience once you walk through our doors and that's no longer available to us. And we've sort of worked really hard over the last few months to figure out how do we take that experience to people. The biggest aspect which we always work on is the service of it. And that obviously, while logistically you can get the food to them, it sort of moves away from providing that service. So we've digitally figured out through WhatsApp hotlines, through our own websites, which provide detailed instructions on how to sort of plate the food at home, et cetera, to even sort of a whole sort of series of Zoom classes, which have done really well for us. And now, obviously, as things are reopening, we're looking at how can we make sure that we almost future-proof ourselves to another event like this. 
for us at hunger inc the large part of this has been based on something we launched just before the lockdown hit which was at bombay sweet shop and it's been heartwarming to see the response to bombay sweet shop so far samir i must tell you my diwali sweets did come from bombay sweet shop but amazing <laughs> right but uh, one thing you mentioned very important is uh, ambience the experience now that people are venturing into restaurants of course with slight amount of worry there is a uh, this ambience you know that speaks of dining out how are restaurants uh, figuring out what to do about the ambience amidst all the social distancing measure our point of view on this has been very clear let's take the fear out of it right and how do you take fear out of something is to communicate really clearly it shouldn't feel that you're walking into sort of this really sanitized and white space where all you have to do is as you i think mentioned earlier as well use sanitizer eat your food and leave at the end of the day the reason you were emotional about walking back into a restaurant because it meant something and going out to eat and food means something to all of us and we want to very much sort of bring that emotion back that's very nice uh, samir but uh, ratna just when samir and zoravar are talking about uh, diners coming back to restaurants there is a question of second wave not a question in fact there are discussions on second wave is the industry now afraid of more sanctions and rise in customer fear of venturing out again considering covid fears are back yeah absolutely devina even post pandemic volumes are expected to be just 30 to 40% of pre lockdown numbers just the other day i was talking to a very large ceo of a qsr company and he was saying that we do not expect dinings to be pre covid at least for another 8 to 10 months now business volumes are expected to remain subdued primarily because dining out is also about contact and physical interaction at various levels so getting back consumer confidence is entirely dependent on external factors so while hygiene checks digital menus and physical distancing are as much a top priority as the menu itself building an inspiring consumer confidence is essential that will be the cornerstone of the industry's turnaround and that is not going to happen in the mid term it's a long haul it's going to take a year at least right zoravar wanted to understand that uh, while there's discussion of customers coming in what i wanted to ask is what about the staff during the covid we saw a lot of the workers heading back to their uh, native places do you now uh, worry about the staff coming back and is there a fear amongst them it's a it's a very loaded question first i'll give you a little background the restaurant industry is the second largest employer of human capital in india after agriculture there are 7.3 million or 73 lakh people directly employed this does not include the ancillary industries such as entertainment such as suppliers vendors uh, dj's so many other industries that are inextricably linked to our industry and that's employing several million more one of the biggest challenges right now for all of us to restart has been in retracing and and getting our people back all the companies in the industry i think our number one priority for all of us in the restaurant sector has been to get our people back as soon as possible open up as soon as possible so we can reemploy them all we can give them opportunity we give them we can give them hope because right now the biggest problem with a lot of these people that have gone back is that they're losing hope and um, at the faster we can open up the faster business picks up the faster the restaurant timings can go back to original timings the more people can be brought back into the workforce so yes it has been a bit of a challenge but it's it's improving we for example have been able to man all our restaurants now over the past 2 to 3 months and uh, people are so excited 
you know, they've been out, there's an extra pep in their step. You know, I think this is like an automatic vacation, a forced vacation that we all had to take and it's rebooted and recharged our batteries. Samir, coming to you, when Zoravar mentioned the cost part, wanted to understand is that when you all have so many tie-ups with Zomato, Swiggy, etc., what about the commission charges? This is an unprecedented crisis. So is that getting worked upon? Because that's a high cost as well. These conversations with delivery operators has been ongoing even before the lockdown. And honestly, I think it's high time that like they also understand that at the end of the day, what restaurants provide as a service on their platforms is critical for them. So the sustainability aspect is absolutely critical as we sort of look at moving forward. It's the same conversations that we've had with our landlords as well. Right. So Ravar wanted to now change the question towards the government. I mean, this is the one of the largest sectors and is manpower heavy sector. What do you wish the government had done for the restaurant sector? So one of the key things that we all also have to understand about the industry is that we're also fairly large in size. We're between 2 and 3% of India's GDP. And India is the fifth largest economy in the world. So you can imagine the size of the restaurant sector, the kind of value it adds to the economy in, in general. Um, I don't want to complain at all. I don't want to sound as a person who's complaining. I think the government has limited resources. They don't have the kind of funds, for example, the way England has. England was able to come up with a scheme which was called Eat Out to Help Out, which was worth 500 million pounds. Now, we can't expect that from the Indian government. I don't think the coffers will allow that. However, we definitely feel that some help should be given to the industry. Our industry is personally one of the three biggest hit industries. So we need that help, some form of you know, commercial help, uh, some form of uh, you know, easing off of the various norms, uh, you know, waiving off of fees, availability of very cheap working capital loans, simple things like the GST refund. Like we're, as an industry, we're, the, we're one of the few ones that do not get an input tax credit on GST, which is a very, very big problem for all of us because uh, in the organized sector, your rents and all your other costs that have GST linked to it are basically more dear to us by 18%. At least changes to the, to the, to the system can be incorporated, ease of business can be introduced so that the sector can survive. Right. Uh, Samir, to Zorawa's point, is there anything that the hotel associations can do? Are they working on something or taking any pleas to the government? I think the NRAI and other organizations are doing a phenomenal job of sort of working with the government and trying to sort of have exactly the kind of conversations that Zorawa was mentioning. And each one of those things, whether it's easier credit facilities, easier sort of licensing norms, or sort of looking at the next 12 to 18 month period where it can sort of re-looked at. All of these things are really, really sort of critical for the industry to survive as a whole. And I think there's a lot of work being happening through these organizations and, it, and we are all better off for it. Right. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Zoravar, Samir and Ratna. Thank you. Thanks, Sabina. So to sum it up, all the restaurants are assuring customers of a safe dining experience. The fear of contracting COVID persists and many may prefer to order in instead. Until business gets back to normal, eateries are banking on cloud kitchens, pop-ups and tying up with delivery platforms to resurrect the gourmand in you, but in your drawing room. I'm Devina Sengupta and you've been listening to The Morning Brief. This episode was edited by Shashwat Mohanty and coordinated by Bhavya Dilip Kumar. You can send in your comments at themorningbrief at timesgroup.com. The Morning Brief airs every Tuesday, Thursday and Friday. Thank you for listening and have a nice day ahead. 
आवाज डॉट कॉम